Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the author of American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups delves into false flags like the Gulf of Tonkin incident and Operation Northwoods. The Joint Chiefs of Staff, they felt strongly that uh, Fidel Castro had to be removed from Cuba, so they presented a plan to McNamara and Kennedy that they were going to fake attacks against America, blame it on Cuba, and then go attack Cuba. Since the mighty Aphrodite and I have been taking ESS-60, the purest form of carbon-60, we're thrilled to tell you we're both sleeping well and pain-free. ESS-60 is raw carbon-60 that's been produced, certified, and guaranteed for safer human consumption. C60 is a mega antioxidant and is known to have 172 times the antioxidant power of vitamin C, 172 times. ESS60 is the carbon 60 formulation used in the 2012 original Paris study that showed ESS60 doubled the lifespan of rats. That's right, doubled their lifespan. I'm so proud to be associated with my good friends at c60evo.com. Their scientists invented the only reactor machine of its kind to produce carbon-60 back in 1991. They've been a top producer and distributor of C60 worldwide ever since, and the demand has been astounding. ESS-60 from C60Evo.com is available in 4, 8, 16, and 32-ounce bottles. Choose from single bottles, monthly subscriptions, or cases of 12 bottles. ESS-60, the purest form of carbon-60 available. Get yours at c60evo.com slash ref slash rs1 c60evo.com slash ref slash rs1 use the promo code rs1spec rs1spec to get 5% off ESS60 from c60evo.com Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. Now, let's see, what is this, day 13 of the quarantine? I don't know, I've lost track. But as I keep saying, nothing much has changed for me. I continue to work from home. My boys continue to study from home. The mighty Aphrodite continues to work from home. We go out shopping for groceries every couple of weeks, and we huddle together at home throughout the day. The boys miss tennis, of course, uh, but they spend hours outside on the driveway playing ball hockey and basketball, and at night, we gather in front of the television and find a good movie on Netflix with a bowl of popcorn. We're prepared to ride this out for weeks or months if necessary. No need to panic. This too will pass. Enjoy your family. 
Douglas Sirignano is here to discuss some dark and nefarious chapters in U.S. history documented in his book, American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups. Douglas has interviewed some of the top writers and researchers in the conspiracy field, people like the late Jim Mars, Noam Chomsky, David Ray Griffin, and others. Douglas's interview articles have appeared on Alex Jones, Infowars.com, Disinformation.com, Independent.org, OffGuardian.org, and on many other websites. Douglas Sirignano, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me on. American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups, Volume 1. We'll tell people a little bit about Volume 2, which you're working on in a moment. First of all, give my listeners a sense of how this book came together. You interviewed a number of the top people in the conspiracy field. Just tell us who you spoke to. Oh, yeah. I really lucked out. I got some of the top uh, conspiracy theory authors in the world. I got Jim Mars on the New World Order. I got G. Edward Griffin on the Federal Reserve. I got Noam Chomsky. I interviewed him about the uh, mainstream media. I interviewed uh, one of Lyndon Johnson's lawyers about the Kennedy assassination, Barr McClellan. I interviewed David Ray Griffin, who's a foremost expert on 9-11. And I got uh, William Pepper, who's a close friend of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King on the King assassination. I want to talk to you about false flags. And uh, one of the examples that is often cited is the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which led to greater American involvement in Southeast Asia, in Vietnam, uh, back in August of 1964. Just set the stage for people who don't know what the Gulf of Tonkin incident was. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I wrote about that in my book. My introduction to my book, I have five instances when it's been proven that the government engaged in a conspiracy. And that's the first one I mentioned, Gulf of Tonkin. I think a lot of people in the truth community they mention that when they talk about conspiracies. There was a ship, uh, USS Maddox, in the Gulf of Tonkin right near North Vietnam, and it reported to the White House that some North Vietnamese had fired torpedoes at it. So this was an excuse, you know, for Defense Secretary McNamara and Lyndon Johnson to start a war. But then like an hour or two after the captain said that uh, torpedoes were shot at him, he, he retracted his statement. He said he was mistaken, that, that actually in all likelihood it didn't happen. But even though that's so... That night, Lyndon Johnson got on TV and said, you know, we were attacked by North Vietnam. Uh, we have to uh, attack back. And that's what started started the uh, Vietnamese War. I have a feeling maybe the captain was told to, to lie about it, maybe, because they wanted an excuse to go to war, and that gave them an excuse. And since then, you know, the Navy and the NSA have acknowledged that the whole thing didn't happen. They, they've even said that it that it was a hope. Well, there were two actual incidents, right? There was one August 2nd, and then there was another one on August the 4th. Now, I, re- I remember seeing a, a documentary back in the early 2000s, around 2003. It was called The Fog of War. And in the documentary, the uh, the former U.S. Secretary of Defense you mentioned, Robert McNamara, he admitted yeah. he admitted in, in that doc that the August 2nd USS Maddox attack happened with no Defense Department response. In other words, they didn't fire back. But he said that the August 4th Gulf of Tonkin attack never happened. So he admitted the second one never happened, but he said the first one, there was no no response. So I don't know, some people have then read into that and said, well, there was simply no no attack. Although McNamara says there was on the second, there was nothing on the fourth. Oh, which is interesting. Um, so, yeah. Regardless, though, that, that you know, as you say, that was that incident was used as justification for uh, yeah. the U.S. deploying forces in yeah. in Vietnam. Yes, but you know, even since then, the NSA has said that the Gulf of Tonkin uh, 
was a bunch of propaganda and uh, non-truths, you know, and, and the Navy has said it too. So I don't know if McNamara said they did get hit once on August 2nd. I don't know if he was telling the truth about that, or but, you know, the, even now they say that it was nonsense. It wasn't true. Right. And this is kind of a common theme throughout history, isn't it? Where you have yeah. these false provocations that are used to justify military intervention. The Germans used it in World War II to justify invading Poland. These sorts yeah. of things probably go back to ancient Rome or before. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I talk about that in my book some. I did a thing on Pearl Harbor, how Pearl Harbor was probably... Uh, uh, the government let it happen to give us an excuse to get into war. It's happened a lot, you know. Also, the Spanish-American War and uh, the Gulf of Tonkin, and even 9-11. A lot of people think 9-11 was something in which we let ourselves be attacked to go to war. I think it, you're right. It's something that militaries and governments, they they use this all the time. False flags, uh, they set it up so they can uh, so they can go to war. Sometimes, thankfully, the uh, the false flag operation is isn't always successful it's sort of nixed in its early development stages and such an example would be operation northwoods this proposed false flag operation against the cubans but luckily again we bring up the yeah. name robert mcnamara and and john f kennedy they got wind of it and uh, nixed it but tell us about operation northwoods yeah that's the the second uh conspiracy that was proven true that I mentioned in my introduction happened in 1962. The Joint Chiefs of Staff, they felt strongly that uh, Fidel Castro had to be removed from Cuba, so they presented a plan to McNamara and Kennedy that they were going to fake attacks against America, blame it on Cuba, and then go attack Cuba. I think a lot of people in the truth community have heard of that one. That's pretty well. Probably not a lot of people in the general public know about it, but it's uh, amazing to know that you know, they were going to fake attacks, and then they're going to use that as an excuse to go uh, attack Cuba. It's It's been released, you know. Anybody can go read it. It's been declassified. You can read the whole plan that they had. So it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. That, that That's what they wanted to do. Right. The plan was, as you say, drafted by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It was signed by the, the chairman, sent off to Secretary of Defense McNamara. And the idea yep. was to stage this terror campaign in the Miami, Florida area uh, and other cities, including Washington, yeah. D.C., and again, blame communist yeah. Cuban terrorists. Yes. They were even planning to, like, attack, uh, you know, Cuban people who came over from Cuba who maybe still supported uh, Castro. They were going to attack them on the street, like, start beating them up or even knifing them. It was crazy. Also, they wanted to maybe... If a bunch of Cubans got in a small boat coming from Cuba over to Miami, they wanted to sink the ship, kill the people. You know, this would be, be done by CIA and uh, American military personnel. And it's really um, it's one of the most alarming, amazing things you ever heard. You know, it's really uh, what government can do, think they have a right to do. Well, <laughs> luckily it was yeah. mixed, but it demonstrates that certain agencies, certain individuals within the government, they do think along these lines. Yeah, you, you wonder how much, how, how many other times it went on, something like that. They were also going to, like, hijack planes. They were going to uh, put a plane up into the air, fake plane with no, a drone plane with no passengers go out and crash over Cuba and claim Cuba uh, shot down that plane. And then they're going to say, okay, now we've got to go attack Cuba. But, of course, it was either nixed by JFK or McNamara. I think one of the other recommendations was, I believe, an attempted assassination of U.S. astronaut John Glenn. Do you remember anything in there about oh, that? I don't remember anything about that. I hadn't heard of that. Uh, but maybe, you know, that this is the kind of things that they were doing. I didn't hear about that, but it could be true. 
One of the other things that you, you talk about is it's a conspiracy in the sense that people are gathering together in secret, plotting, planning, but not necessarily for nefarious ends. I'm talking about the Manhattan Project, which yeah. is in a, is technically a conspiracy, but it was, one could argue, you know, something that was needed, and that was the conspiracy to to build a, the nuclear bomb. Yes, that was that happened between 1942 and 46. The Manhattan Project was the uh, uh, project to build a nuclear bomb because uh, they were building one over in Germany. And the most amazing thing about that is that 130,000 workers were working building it, but they didn't know that they were building a bomb. It was kept secret from them. And this was also kept from the Congress. It was kept from the public. And as you said, maybe people would say, you know, that needs to be done because we don't want Germany to know that we're building a bomb. We don't want our enemies to know. So, yeah, maybe it had to be done. But it shows you, you know, how the government can keep a secret. You know, got 130,000 people building the bomb, and they don't know what they're doing. And even Harry Truman, he ultimately released it on uh, in August 1945. He announced that we bombed Japan, but he didn't know, even know about it until like April 1945. It was kept from everybody. Well, and it's also a perfect response to those skeptics when you offer a conspiracy. They say, well, how could you keep something like that secret? It's too big, like 9-11, for example. They say, well, someone would have blown the whistle. How can you keep something that a secret? And then you mention the Manhattan Project, 130,000 employees. It was so compartmentalized. These scientists woke up every morning, not even their wives knew what they were doing. Yes, I know. That's an example of how the government can keep it secret. You wonder uh, how, many, how many other things are going on like that. <laughs> Indeed. Tell us about the workings of the, uh, the church committee, when it was formed and what yeah, they were investigating. Yeah. It's in the early 1970s, and I think it was after Watergate and after they felt the CIA or FBI might be doing some shady stuff. So I think it was 1973. It was a they investigated the wrongdoings of the FBI and the CIA, and they found that the FBI and the CIA was always acting secretively, you know, always acting without congressional approval, doing so many shady things. Um, one of the main things they found is that the CIA had an assassinations program. You know, they found that the CIA actually assassinated people. And then after that, I think Gerald Ford, when he was president, he made a uh, executive order to say that, you know, no... Nobody connected to the U.S. government should uh, engage in assassinations, has a right. And then they formed the uh, Intelligence Oversight Committee to uh, monitor more closely the actions of the CIA. But I don't think, you know, I think the CIA still does what it wants, and I don't think much was accomplished then. But that uh, committee really proved that the FBI was always spying on us when, when they didn't have a right, that the CIA was doing all sorts of um, assassinations and uh, meddling in other affairs. It really showed how um, the FBI and CIA misbehave and, and are outside of the Constitution, you know? Right. And one of the other things that it, that it showed, perhaps one of the more shocking revelations, and um, I guess the, the findings were published about a year later, 1976, in several volumes of books, but the most shocking revelation to many people was the discovery of Operation Shamrock when they discovered that a lot of the major telecommunication companies uh, like AT&T and so forth, they were sharing their traffic, their information yeah. with the NSA for, for like yeah. a quarter century, from like 1945 to 70. And, and yeah. so this kind of mirrors what 
what's going on now with yeah, yeah. with this, the the National Security Agency getting information from internet providers. Uh, so they're spying yeah. on us basically, and they've been spying on us or Americans at least since 1945. Yeah, yeah, that's like uh, maybe that's a, they're trying to set up the new world order, and they got to spy on us to uh, bring us all into the new world order or something. But yeah. I now remember that, and, and it's certainly going on now. It's, it's, not, it's not legal. It's not right, right, for them to be spying on us. Right. Well, this is what uh, Mr. Snowden was trying to draw our attention to when he uh, blew the whistle on the NSA. You mentioned you, you spoke with Jim Mars, the late, great Jim Mars, who we lost uh, over a year ago. What did you talk to Jim about? Well, I talked to him about the, uh, you know, conspiracy theory that there's an agenda to have a one-world government and a big brother government. That was the main thing I talked to him about, and it was, uh, and I was really honored to get to t- speak to him. I think he's one of the great writers of all time. I think the proof of the um, how there is an agenda to have a one-world government is the Agenda 21 program of the United Nations. That's uh, according to that, we're all going to have to move into United Nations living facilities because otherwise global warming is going to kill us. And I think, you know, that's the proof right there that there is an agenda to have Big Brother One World Government. Right, yeah, they've sort of updated it. Now they call it, I believe, Agenda 2030, and uh, that they are essentially uh, trying to inventory all of human activity. And really, as I see it, it is an attack against Western civilization. They hate North America. They hate the success. They hate the middle class. They hate our capitalist society. And so the UN, which is largely a a communist or socialist uh, organization, wants to tear it down. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I don't know if most people realize that, but that's definitely, you know, it's not a theory. You can go look up Agenda 21 and the plans that they have for it. It's they want to move us all into a big brother government. And uh, I think if more and more people get aware of it, hopefully it won't happen. I think Trump is against that. So maybe there's hope there. Certainly, uh, yeah, they want to take away private property. They want to take away our automobiles. And you see this at the local level. Most municipalities have, well, all municipalities have a, uh, an official plan for development. And all yeah. of this has been influenced by UN Agenda 2030. In fact, if you go yeah. to the, you know, to your city hall and you ask for a copy of the official plan, they use certain there's buzzwords, right? You can always look for things like sustainable development, or they'll call it smart housing. Yeah. It goes by different names, but it all comes from UN Agenda 2030. No question. Yeah, yeah. That's what I talked to Mars about. You know, people who believe in conspiracies, they believe there's a, been this agenda to have a big brother world government, at least since the Illuminati was formed in 1789. And so people believe that idea has been passed down to international bankers to the Trilateral Commission, to the UN, and now here it is. Here is this plan to get us to world government that maybe started with the Illuminati in 1789. And uh, so that's the conspiracy theory, but uh, there's a lot to it, you know? More of my conversation with Douglas Sirignano when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Time once again to say hello to Colleen Forgus, our nutritional therapist and the manager at Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. Colleen, hello once again. How are you doing? Howdy, Richard. I'm doing great. Terrific. You know, as we get older, one of the first things that goes is our memory. Do you have anything at the Full Script Dispensary to help boost our memory? I do. It's actually called Brain Memory. It's by Douglas Labs. And this product is designed to support a healthy brain function 
by improving our production of acetylcholine, which helps to make sure that we have a sharp and um, good memory. Acetylcholine? Yeah, that's right. It's one of the main components of keeping our brain sharp. Terrific. Brain memory. All right, Colleen, I'll remember that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. To get your bottle of brain memory, go to strangeplanet.ca, then click on the full script dispensary button. Remember, all orders receive 10% off, and orders of $50 or more ship absolutely free. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider. If there's one thing money can't buy, it's sanity. <laughs> Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. The author of American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups, Douglas Serignano, is here. When you first started researching this book and interviewing these esteemed experts, were you a conspiracy theorist or were you a skeptic? No, I think I was a conspiracy theorist. I, uh, no, I grew up in the 70s, and back then everybody was like questioning the establishment. And then in like 1979, I started getting underground newspapers, and uh, I uh, like one was the uh, publication of the John Birch Society, which I think they get a lot of things right. Some people think they're way too far to the right, but I think they get a lot of things right. They talked about how, you know, uh, the private banks like Federal Reserve are, are privately owned, central banks are privately owned. Uh, Trilateral Commission and Council on Foreign Relations runs everything. Uh, the international makers want to have a big brother government. So I found out about that way back in 1979, and I also had some other underground newspapers that I that I knew about. So I believed in it, and I so I knew about all this stuff even before the advent of the internet, because I think the advent of the internet has really brought this information to people even more. You know, what was the most shocking revelation to you when you were sitting down and interviewing all of these people? Hmm, shocking. Uh, well, you know, what's shocking is Jim Mars believes this, and it could be true that actually the elite, you know, the elites of the world who are manipulating politics from behind the scenes, they actually, some people think they're so diabolical that they want to take actions to decrease the world's population and even, even to kill us off. So that's pretty shocking. Now, this might be what the coronavirus is. I think maybe the deep state and Chinese uh, communists, they're so mad at Trump because he's going against the deep state, he's going against globalization, that I think there's a possibility it was uh, intentionally released because they wanted to destroy the, the American economy. economy is booming with Trump. But now we're going to have maybe a depression, we're going to have all sorts of problems. So, I mean, you've heard that theory, right? That the elites want to kill us off. Oh, yes, yes. They call us yeah, useless eaters, apparently. I don't know. I think that's maybe what coronavirus is. And uh, I hope we can get through this. I, I hope that uh, it's bad up in Canada, too, right? Well, worldwide, people are isolating themselves. There's certainly a, a fear and a panic that's happening. But I always say, you know, we've seen this before. We saw it with, with SARS. We saw it with MERS. We saw it with Ebola. We saw it with the swine flu, the avian flu, H1N1. And uh, I always say, this too will pass. Everything's right. going to be everything is going to be fine. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. I, I wonder if this might take a little longer, this... I think so. I think so. Every so-called pandemic that comes our way, they try and ratchet up the yeah. stakes. So this time they're really trying to see, 
whether or not the, the outbreak is real or not, they're seizing upon yeah. this opportunity to see how far they can push us around and control us. If they say, yeah. stay in your home and shutter your business, don't go out, will we obey? And then they'll yeah. learn from this and then the next time, who knows what'll be offered to us or demanded of us the next time. Maybe maybe it'll be, you must download this app so that we can track your whereabouts so that we can make sure you're not uh, spreading the disease. Or or maybe oh, next God. time they'll say, you must take this vaccine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are indications that maybe it's not as dangerous as they say, but still, I think it's dangerous. We have to, we have to try to wash our hands and social distance and all that, but maybe it's a bit of an exaggeration. Although I think maybe it's to try to, uh, I don't know if you want to get political, talk Republican versus Democrat, try to get rid of Trump. I think that might be part of it. Because, you know, the economy's booming and uh, Trump is going against globalization. So maybe they say, ah, oh, we, we couldn't impeach him. We couldn't get him with the Mueller report. We'll get him with this. The economy will be busted. So everybody will have to vote for Biden. I, don't know, I think that might be part of it. That's certainly part of it. I agree with you 100%. Again, I'm not suggesting or I don't think you're suggesting that, you know, Nancy Pelosi cooked up this virus. But what they're doing is they're seizing upon this crisis and trying to use it to their own advantage. And the other side does it too. But this is the Democratic playbook. As you say, they couldn't impeach Trump. This is their last gasp before the November election. And um, I remember Bill Maher on television saying, I really hope there's a recession because it's our only chance to get rid of Trump. Well, looks like yeah. we're heading into a recession. They're gonna get uh, their wish. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know if it's coming from the Democrats. I would say deep state and Chinese co uh, communists because, you know, it came from China, right? Yes. That's where the virus came. And, you know, China has been kicking our butt with trade agreements. Every president gets in there. He uh, let's uh, China have these trade agreements that make them rich and, and screws America. And Trump was fixing that. The economy in America was booming, and China start, wasn't doing so good because because Trump wasn't letting them have these free trade agreements that that kick our butt. So, they, and I think the Chinese are a little crazy. You know, the Communist Party. They, I mean, Mao Zedong, he killed like 15 million people, right? So, I think these guys are capable of that. I know that you're working on volume two of American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups. What topics are you going to cover? Oh, you know, I think, yeah, I think I could definitely get another good book together. I want to interview Daniel Estelan about the Bilderberg Group. That guy's a very well-known writer. You've heard of him, right? Oh, he's uh, he's practically a neighbor. He lives not too far from where I'm sitting. I know Daniel very well. Yeah, he's like the leading expert on the Bilderberg. Maybe I'll interview him. I want to interview uh, Rosa Kaur about Agenda 21. I think she's a leading expert on that, right? Yes, I've spoken to her many times. She's great. She's yeah. terrific. I think those are two important, Bilderberg and uh, maybe do something about RFK death. I, I think most people realize that RFK was probably killed by a conspiracy. Yes, I have talked with Sirhan Sirhan's, one of his attorneys. Uh, in fact, I believe William Francis Pepper represented him for yeah. a, a time, but also another lawyer whose name escapes me. I had her on. She's been yeah. working on his um, on his appeal to try and get him out of prison. It, it, it makes you wonder why, for example, Ronald Reagan's would-be assassin was released from prison not too long ago, maybe five years oh, yeah. ago, and, and yet Sirhan Sirhan, 52 years later, remains in prison. What does he know? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. The interesting thing about Hinckley is he knew, his father knew the uh, yeah. the Bush family. I think his father was a lawyer and he was from the same same town in Texas as the Bush family. Yeah, 
you know, I think one of them was supposed to have dinner that night with uh, one of the Bush brothers. Uh, uh, Neil, I think like, Neil Bush, I think. Yeah, and then also, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? The guy who, Demar Shentz, who was taking care of Lee Harvey Oswald, he knew uh, George Bush. Uh, George DeMornschild, yes. Yeah, but then the theory is that uh, this is, you know, Roger Stone wrote a book about this, how um, after the assassination, uh, Reagan was incapacitated, and so Bush was basically running the, the White House for eight years could be true, right? Yes, March 1981. Yeah, yeah. You know, George Bush was the head of the CIA. That's what CIA people do, right? They assassinate leaders. There's a, a line that I was told about George Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush. As you say, he was head of the CIA. He was U.S. ambassador to China. And uh, he wanted to be on Richard Nixon's ticket. He wanted to be Nixon's running mate. And yeah, uh, yeah. Nixon, people asked, well, why did you choose Spiro Agnew over George Herbert Walker Bush? And Nixon supposedly said, assassination insurance. In other words, he, he, be he believed that if George Herbert Walker Bush was his vice president, he'd end up like Kennedy. Did he really say that? I could believe it. <laughs> I don't know. I can't uh, confirm or deny. Uh, Douglas, how do yeah. people get a copy of American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups? You go to AmericanConspiraciesandCoverUps.com. There's a slash between cover and ups, and it's there. If you Google my name, my interviews will come up and whatnot. It's also on Amazon. So. And I will link to your website in the episode notes for this podcast. Douglas, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Richard. Have a good day. You too. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a moment to tell you a little bit about an upcoming episode. I want to welcome a brand new sponsor to Conspiracy Unlimited, and I couldn't be more proud to be associated with the good people at Hero Soap. It's owned by veterans and their products are outstanding. Their soaps contain no chemicals, dyes, or fragrances, and they come in these really cool resealable packages. So you can take your soap with you on the road instead of using those gross hotel soaps or take it camping. I'm using the Peppermint Cool Soap, and the moment I started lathering up, I felt a cool, refreshing, and tingly wave wash over me. I felt more clean, more refreshed, more alive. And not only does my body feel refreshed, I feel good on the inside, knowing that the Hero Soap Company supports veterans. Sign up for the hassle-free monthly auto ship, and you'll never run out of quality natural soap again, and you'll save 10%. Plus, for every soap purchased through the subscription, one soap is sent to deploy troops around the world for free. If you want to get clean and feel refreshed and support veterans all at the same time, check out Hero Soap at HeroSoapCompany.com. HeroSoapCompany.com. Look for the banner ad at strangeplanet.ca slash conspiracy show and in the episode notes for this podcast. Hero Soap. Let freedom clean. Coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited, Pulitzer Prize nominee journalist John Rappaport discusses how to stage an epidemic. People who are buying what the World Organization is selling about the very nature of this so-called epidemic are nodding their heads and saying, well, you know, it might be brutal and it might be overreaching, but yeah, we have to contain the spread of the virus. And so I guess uh, China is really doing a good job. That's the blueprint 
that globalist technocrats want to install. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>